Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. And welcome back in the third and final hour here on Wednesday. And we'll get more back into more of your uh, election reaction calls a little bit later on in the hour. But right now we have some special guests joining us in the studio. Good morning, ladies. How are you? Good morning, Good morning. Tim. Good morning. We have joining us, we have Irene Dupree Gutierrez. That's me. And we have Judy Rodericks. And we are talking about, you know, I think most people have, have heard before about the 1850s ladies, and they know Irene for her portrayals of Hetty Green. Correct. And we know them as, you know, these, these, these figures of New Bedford's history who are here to teach us and to educate us. But this coming Saturday, it's going to be time to party down with them. It's time for a party. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, we're ready to have some fun. <laughs> and, you know, and so let's talk about this because I think I think that this is a great, I'm looking over some of the things they have planned for, for this Saturday. It seems like it's going to be a great event. This is going to be party like it's 1850 with Ruth and Abby. Can you kind of explain, Judy, a little bit about what we have planned? Sure. Um, the Na- New Bedford Whaling National Historical Park turns 27 years old um, officially in November. And so we decided we needed to have some fun. So we're planning a birthday party for the park. Um, it's going to be this coming Saturday from one to three. We're going to have um, games that are similar to what they would have played in the 1850s. Um, but the main attraction is we're going to be making ice cream hand cranked ice cream so if you've got a good arm i could use some people to help me crank that ice cream crank um and cake and we'll have um the 1850s ladies there to to talk with people along with hetty green to to um talk with people and and, and irene you've been down there and uh, portraying hetty throughout the the season and seeing right. everybody that came down and people love the park but I don't think that people really? really celebrate the park. And this is a chance to get out there and do that. Yeah, I think we need things to bring local people. We get we get a lot of people from out of state and so forth. We need things to bring the area come to visit us. A party is a great idea. Mm-hmm. We've got our state park, our uh, national park having a birth. And then one week after this, 
Hetty Green will turn 189. So she needs to, she's reason to celebrate. Well, she looks great. For yeah, she looks great. For, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so, so this is going to be happening. First of all, it's all free. It's all free. So yes. anybody that wants to come out and take part, but you've got things going on, games and crafts. You have, uh, as you mentioned, cake and ice cream. And so talk a little bit about that ice cream, Judy, because we were talking about ice cream before we started the discussion here. And uh, one of my favorite flavors is one that not a lot of people appreciate anymore. And it'll actually be there on Saturday. Yes, we're going to be making ginger ice cream. Um, ice cream was a fairly new thing back in the 1850s. Um, it was popular, um, but it could be quite expensive because ice was expensive. Um, but we're going to be hand cranking it in one of the old um, wooden hand cranked ice cream makers. And it's pretty easy to make. It just takes some effort <laughs> to crank that crank. Um, but it'll be fun. It's ginger ice cream. We'll also have some vanilla because some people just won't want the ginger. But if you've never had ginger ice cream, I think it's a chance to try it. I think you'd be surprised how good it is. And I'm, I'm taking a look at, at this, uh, this sheet here. And it says, you know, that uh, some of the flavors that were popular in the 1850s were lemon and ginger. But for the wealthy folks, chocolate and vanilla, why, why was that only reserved for the wealthy? Because vanilla and chocolate was very expensive wow. at the time. Um, so that it was easier to be able to get some of those other types of things because you could preserve them. Um, so the ginger is is not like grated ginger. It's candied ginger. So it's ginger that's been um, boiled in sugar water and rolled in sugar. And then they chop that up fine and, and put it into the ice cream. It's the same with like the lemon. The lemon is usually, again, dried and candied. And it's not what we would necessarily consider um, like a lemon ice cream. It's not smooth and when it's got these little chunks of the candied lemon in it. And so and it's that a little, was, little more sweet than it is tart? Right. And it's it's cheaper. It was cheaper in those days. I mean, lemons and citrus fruit was expensive, but they didn't throw anything away. They took, if you use the inside of the, the fruit, you took the rind and the rind was candied and that's what they would put like in the ice cream, because it would they would um, be preserved for like a long time. You could keep it for a long time. Oh, and so you get to actually you know talk with folks all all the time, Irene, about yeah. the differences between the 1850s and now, and about the time you know of of 150 years ago as opposed to to now, and actually more than that. Geez, but. <laughs> So what do you find are some of the things people are most surprised about, about the difference between life in New Bedford then and life in New Bedford now? I think they kind of have an idea of the history, but they've not tried to live there. He, he never realized all of the steps, places that you had to go through to, to accomplish anything. It was a great city. Actually, it was only a village, but it was a great, excited place to be, very worldly and wonderful things going on people may not realize that once upon a time the people were from the world walked our our, our uh, streets all the time fascinating place so you've got really you know the the people who are here on a daily basis are influencing the movers and shakers that are coming through here to come and visit so, Very much. so new bedford is helping to as much as it helped to light the world it helped to shape the world as well we try. We try. And as our 1850s ladies talk with people all the time, every every day, every week in the park. And she's done this for 
What? How many years? Oh, a lot of years. We like to tell the dirt. We're we're gossipers. We'll tell you the stories that were in the newspaper, but nobody talks about now. Um, You know, who was in trouble? Who was doing what? Um, All the little scandals here and there. Um, Because it was a city and there were all those things going on. Um, And not necessarily like history books will tell you the major events and the major people. We'll tell you about some of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes while these things, these and, wonderful and things were happening. It's all factual. It's all oh, yes. true oh, things. Oh, it's all, yeah. all true things. Um, we get these from old newspapers, um, from old diaries and accounts. We've read dead letter, went to um, the post office, got letters from the dead letter office, um, things that never got delivered. And so you learn, you know, different family things that nobody knew. I once read that you spent two years building the 1850s ladies program. So this is something that, you know, wasn't just showmanship. It was research that went into that as well. Yeah, we're we're not um, just dressing up and telling stories. We've researched. We did spend two years researching in the library. Like I said, reading everything from dead letters to um, whaling journals to um, newspapers uh, whatever we could get our hands on. Um, we looked at the um, overse- overseers of the poor documents, um, all the documents that we could find, um, births, all that, just to sort of get a sense of what was going on at the time so we'd have real stories to tell. So everything, all the stories that we tell and we talk about are based in fact. Now, there are some times when we'll not, we'll come up with a story that, was probable. Um, for instance, you know, we'll talk about Ruth uh, going to Mrs. Sylvia's market. Well, Mrs. Sylvia's market on Water Street did exist. Um, so we, and Mrs. Sylvia exist. And she was a nice Portuguese lady from what we understand. Um, but we talk about having run into a native Hawaiian, a man from Maui running there. And did Ruth actually run into this person at Mrs. Sylvia's Market? Maybe not, but she could have because next door to Mrs. Sylvia's Market was a boarding house that boarded men from the islands of, of Hawaii. So you're just taking... So we're just taking yeah. all those things and, and saying this is something that could have happened. You just extrapolated out. Right. And, and And again, you're talking about, you know, we're not talking about a city of 103,000 people then. Right. So it's entirely possible mm-hmm. that they cross paths. Absolutely. What, what is the question that you get asked the most from, from visitors who come and, and speak with you? Um, <laughs> probably a lot of the things that we get asked is, um, you know, something about our husbands. Um, you know, did you miss them? It's like, well, yeah. Did, but when they came home, it was usually very disruptive. <laughs> because I've been gone for a few years and you've set up your whole household. And now this man is coming back and he's, in, he's used to being in charge. And, you know, you're sort of, of struggling with that. And people don't realize that, that there was a lot of struggle when someone's gone for a few years and then comes back. Uh, your household gets shifted around. The kids, all of a sudden, the rules have changed for the children and they're sort of like, what? <laughs> yeah, you don't think about the interpersonal dynamics of exactly. that. And also at a time when it wasn't like, well, if it's not working out, we can just separate. You know, yeah. you yeah. didn't do that in those days. No, although there is a story of, of a woman that um, was married for 60 some odd years and her husband came back and retired. 
and they ended up getting divorced. She wrote to her daughter saying, I can't live with this man I've all for the rest of my life. I'm used to him being here for three months at a time. Um, and so they ended up being divorced. <laughs> so that, that was one of the more interesting letters we read. Your significant other always <laughs> says, we should spend more time together until you actually spend more time together. Exactly, exactly. And like, Be careful what you wish for. Uh, well, how about you, Irene? What, what kind of questions do people ask when you're portraying Hetty? Probably most often question where is Hetty's money today sort of like i have it you know? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i'm sorry i don't have any but uh how do i get money like she made we talk about that every every presentation we focus on some part of Hetty's life so we get the chance to say this thing i, I love the Hetty series i hope we keep go forever mm-hmm. Well, uh, you'll get a chance to speak with Hetty, to speak with the 1850s ladies. This is all going to be happening on Saturday from 1 to 3 p.m. at the New Bedford Whaling National Historical Park. And again, you know, there's going to be games and crafts, too. So it's not just about coming down and trying the ice cream, but certainly come down and try the ice cream. Um, But you're going to you're going to have games like charades, stamp a whale fluke. Or you can make a birthday hat or mm-hmm. all of the above. So stamp a whale fluke. Is that like pin the tail on the donkey Well, type one of, of the um, things that the park has is an artist in residence program. And the artist right now does linoleum prints. And so um, what's going to happen is this artist in residence is going to prepare a linoleum um, stamp. And so people have a whale fluke and people can come and actually ink it and, and make a piece of art. Oh, wow. To, um, to take home. Yeah, that sounds really cool. So this is going to be something that will be a big celebration, a big reason to get out and celebrate what so many people who come and visit the city come and appreciate and a chance for local people to get out and appreciate it. Uh, So and there's also going to be some music as well. Yes. Well, again, um, the music, we have to make our own music because that's what happened in the 1850s. Um, People didn't necessarily have radio and all of that. Right. Um, So, yes, we're hoping to have some sing-alongs and and, um, if anybody plays an instrument would like to come and provide some music, we'd love that. Oh, I bet you there's some folks that will come down and have no problem playing, and they'll actually know songs from the 1850s, That'd too. That'd be great. Do you remember a couple of years ago, like during the pandemic, uh, the sea shanties all came back in a big way? I wonder if any of the folks that remember any of those will show up on Saturday. Oh, and, that, and would perform be, that would be great. That would be great. There were a number of people here locally that were, that were singing them. So, uh, again, 1 to 3 this Saturday at the New Bedford Whaling National Historical Park. 27 years. Mm-hmm. And with with that 27 years, the first 27 years gone by, what do you see as being the future of the park? I'll ask each of you that. Well, what um, Irene and I were talking about that before we came on. I said one of the things we want to do is start doing more uh, events for the public. Um, that sort of came to a halt a lot during the pandemic, and it's been tough to try to get back into that. The 1850s ladies finally came back. Um, took a while um, for them to allow us to to come back, um, but we're back. Um, Hetty's back, and so we're hoping now to get some more, uh, you know, public events going. Um, and I think the park has a bright future. It, we have people really that come from all over the world uh, to visit. And I think we just want to try to get more local people involved to see how important and how wonderful the city really is. And how about you, Irene? What do you see as being some of the things we can look for in the future? Well, 
I think there's, I see so many programs that we could develop. We're in that stage right now. What are we going to do with, you know, now that winter's over and everything else, we'll be doing it. We want people to know that we're there and who we are and what New Bedford is all about. We are an historical business there, and that's uh, our first consideration. We present the truth. We try to stay with the history for it. And more people who want to get involved. We are always looking for people who want to be part of the park. Come on down. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and we've got a younger generation of people who are falling in love with local history and who I think will want to come out and be part of this. Come out and see it for yourself. Realize what's going on and then you can volunteer. And what's what's so great about it and what's so unique is people think of a national park and they think of a forest. They think (laughs) of trees. They think of a place where, you know, uh, that sounds kind of like... It sounds like a great place to disconnect, but it also sounds like there's not a lot going on. At the New Bedford Whaling National Park, there's a lot going on, a lot of history, a lot to learn, and certainly on Saturday, a big party. So hopefully everybody can get out there one to three uh, right there at the Whaling National Historical Park. And we we have to go here in a moment for the commercials, but just any suggestions that you would make for anybody that is coming down for the day, where to park and, and some other things they should see while they're down there. Well, Saturday's um, parking on the street is free, um, so you certainly can do that. The other thing is the Elm Street Garage is a wonderful place to park, and that also is free on Saturdays. So that's always a great, great place. That's where I park. (laughs) I do, too. I mean, it's easy, super easy to do. And uh, then you get to spend the rest of the day downtown, and you can check out some other things as well. And it's going to be, from what I understand, because I was looking, because we've got our Hunger Heroes food drive in the morning. I was looking at the weather. I don't want to curse it, but it's supposed to be a really nice day. Let's hope. (laughs) Perfect for a little ice cream. So, all right. Well, thank you both for joining us. Uh, I hope everybody comes out and celebrates and parties like it's 1850. Thank you, Tim. (laughs) All right. We'll uh, take a break here, and we'll be back with the news in just a few moments. Sorry, Ariel, didn't mean to scare you there. I hit the wrong button. one to call in at 508-996-0500 or you can send an app chat messages on the WBSM app. We'll get back into your calls coming up in a moment after the news. But uh, if you are taking a look at your roof right about now and planning ahead, thinking about the wet winter weather that's coming up and thinking to yourself, I don't know if this can make it through another season. Well, Listen, call the folks at Precision Window and Kitchen. I know, I know, I say it all the time. Precision Window and Kitchen, you don't think of roofs, but that is one of the major things that they can do to help you with your home. They can replace your roof. But 
you need to have them come out and take a look at it first. And if they think it'll be okay to get you through another season and they can replace it in the spring or the summer, they'll let you know that. But they'll also let you know if it's something that you want to make sure you get taken care of before the wet winter weather because you want to protect your home and the people and the things inside it. And that's why you need to make sure that you call them to have them check it out. Fading shingles and any of the parts of the roof that look like they're not um, up to par, any little problems like that, they can come down and they can diagnose and they can get it done quickly and they can get it done with precision. So give them a call or stop by their showroom at 1111 Acushnet Avenue or even better, just go to precisionwindowandkitchen.com and you can sign up for an estimate. They'll come down, they'll take a look and they'll let you know exactly how much it'll cost and how quickly they can get it done for you and make sure you're ready for all of the winter weather ahead with Precision Window and Kitchen and Roofs. All right, well, let's go now into the newsroom and get all the headlines of the day with Ariel Dorsey. Voters in Ohio approved a ballot measure enshrining abortion rights in the state's constitution on Tuesday, guaranteeing a woman's right to the procedure up until fetal viability. Two Southern governors came up winners. Republican Tate Reeves won re-election in Mississippi and Democrat Andy Share locked up a second term in Kentucky. President Biden is opposed to an Israeli military reoccupation of the Gaza Strip after the war with the Palestinian militant group Hamas is over. His comments come after Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said this week that his country will likely take over security in the Gaza Strip post-war. Five Republican presidential candidates will take the stage tonight in Miami for the third GOP debate. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, former U.N. Ambassador and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott and entrepreneur Vivek Ramaswamy all qualified for the debate. Former President Donald Trump will take a pass again. Chicago's status as a sanctuary city remains a controversial issue. Protesters showed up to a city council rules committee meeting yesterday and shouted down aldermen during a debate about the issue. Demonstrators expressed anger over efforts to stop a referendum that would allow Chicagoans to decide whether to welcome migrants. The meeting was eventually suspended. The actor's strike could soon come to a close. According to Deadline, SAG-AFTRA and the movie and TV studios have reportedly reached an agreement on the use of artificial intelligence. The union's lead negotiators and studios met on Tuesday in what could be the final phase to sealing a new deal and the end to the more than three-month strike. Researchers have discovered a black hole billions of light years from Earth. The findings, which were published Monday in the journal Nature Astronomy, say the black hole formed 470 million years ago, which makes it the oldest black hole ever discovered. Researchers say it was born supermassive and is 10 times bigger than the black hole in our own Milky Way. The black hole was likely created by the collapse of massive clouds of gas. Reports say Kansas basketball coach Bill Self has signed a new contract that will make him the highest paid coach in college hoops. The school confirmed the new contract and the deal is reportedly worth about $53 million over five years. In more sports, the Bruins are home before hitting the road once again when they play host to the New York Islanders tomorrow night at TD Garden. And after suffering their first loss of the season on Monday, the Celtics will close out their three-game road trip when they visit the Philadelphia 76ers tonight at Wells Fargo Center. Tonight's battle is the first of four meetings between the Celtics and the Sixers during the regular season.
And the Pats announced Tuesday that they have re-signed wide receiver TJ Luther to the practice squad. Luther was originally signed to the practice squad on September 1st and released on October 18th. The 23-year-old was originally signed by the New York Jets as a rookie free agent in May out of Gardner-Webb. New England remains last in the AFC East and will take on the Indianapolis Colts Sunday morning in Frankfurt, Germany. Now let's take a look at your local forecast with ABC6. Temperatures start out this morning around 40, but quickly dipping into the mid to upper 30s under clear skies. And the wind picking up also gusty, blustery for today, mostly sunny. Clouds will increase this afternoon, but it will feel like in the upper 30s. So do bundle up overnight, increasing clouds, a slight chance for rain after midnight and then tomorrow once again under cloudy skies rain temperature in the mid 40s be sure to watch abc6 for my full seven-day forecast from the abc6 weather center i'm meteorologist Ceci del carmen on new bedford's news talk station 1420 wbsm I'm Ariel Dorsey for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Prejudice. Want a song about it? Like to hear it? Here it go. Free your mind. Welcome back in 508-996-0500. We were getting your reaction to the election yesterday. Uh, very quickly, Mayor Mitchell reelected uh, with 66% of the vote. We also had all five at-large incumbent counselors reelected. Uh, we had uh, Leo Choquette upending Brad Markey in Ward 1. We had Joe Lopes taking Ward 5. And then all of the uncontested ward races and school committee and assessor. Obviously, all those candidates got back in. Uh, over in Fall River, too, uh, they had another, you know, kind of sweep for the incumbents. They had a couple of seats that were going to be open that were filled with familiar faces for the most part, including Cliff Ponty getting back on the council after not running in 2021 to run for mayor instead. And, uh, of course, Paul Coogan getting reelected uh, in a race against former mayor Sam Sutter. So there's uh, some breakdown of what was going on. We'll get your reaction. 13% turnout in New Bedford, 20% turnout in Fall River. So I think having a, a, a big challenge at the top of the ticket made a difference uh, in Fall River. But 13%, I guess, is better than 6%, but it's not 20. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Morning. How you doing? Has, uh, has Ian Abreu ever considered running for mayor? Um, I don't, I don't know if he's ever formally, you know, uh, explored the possibility, but it's come up for a lot of people have suggested it over the years and it may be something that he is considering in the future. I know he's definitely thought about, you know, higher office down the line, but that he says, you know, right now his focus is on, you know, serving the council and also on starting his business. Right. And he has, you know, two young kids too. Yeah. Well, I mean, from what I hear, you know, around the city, I mean, a lot of people are, are you know, happy with his happy with with the way he's conducting business over there in city council i mean i would i wouldn't be surprised if it's anything you know um if it's a, if it's 
the same if he would have run for mayor too. You know, he's got a good turnout for votes. It seems like you know. Well, there was an effort. There was an effort to um, to try to have him as a write-in candidate from some folks online. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. But I mean, I'll also say too. You know, um, uh, Brian Gomes was the top vote getter for a number of years too, and and he's tried to run for mayor, and, and that didn't work. So, I mean, yeah. I don't know that it necessarily equates, but I think that Ian is uh, is popular enough that if he wants it, he should definitely give it a go. Yeah, that was what two thousand was that nineteen? Uh, well, no, that was the that that. No, I don't think so. I think he ran two thousand nineteen, didn't he? With um, it was, with uh, Mitchell and um. And, well, no, and he he didn't. He didn't run. I guess he was going to. I'm trying to think of all the specifics of what I happened. He dropped out. Didn't he drop out? He he had taken out papers for both and returned yeah. the papers for both, and he had withdrawn from the mayoral race, but he didn't withdraw in time for them to get him off the ballot. So he appeared on the ballot, but he had yeah. decided. You know, he had already decided that he he wanted to put his focus on on uh, running for his council at large seat. Yeah. So, but he has he's run in the past too. Right. Right. Um. National news. I don't know if you heard from what's going on with that Rashida Talib. I heard that uh, she was censured. Yeah, yeah, she ended up getting censored. Um, another question I have for you too is, um, you know, thirty-five years old. You have to be. You have to be thirty-five years old in order to run for president. Correct. Mm-hmm. At least thirty-five years old. Now, why do they put an age, uh, an age on? having to run for president, but they don't put an age on uh, the limit. How old you have, how old you, like, you know what I mean? Like, why don't they put an age on how old or what is too old? Well, what, what do we put an age limit on for anything as, as being too old? Um, I would think that, I would think that it would be the other way around. I mean, honestly, they put, they put an age, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, I guess they make you they make you be a certain age to run for president, but or uh, well, we we require you to be sixteen and a half to get a driver's license, but we don't take away your license when you turn eighty five. Yeah, but yeah, but there is you. you I, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> pretty sure if you get a certain amount of tickets, though, right? They uh, at, at a certain age. Especially if you're well, if you get a certain amount of tickets at any age, they'll take your license. Doesn't matter what yeah. age you are. Um, no, if you, I don't if, know, Tim, I, I, saying, I just think you know, even having an age threshold is is something that you know nobody really argues about. But having an age cutoff is is ageism. Yeah, right. It is. Unfortunately, um, I, I would think that it would be the other way around. You know, we we have a lot of, and you, and I guess you could argue the point of it being. Uh, the maturity level. Maybe that's why they want. Well, that's why they uh, have a, a. Yeah, that's why they have a, a, a minimum age. Yeah, because they want right. to make sure that oh. people had had a chance to, you know, uh, set up their lives and, and have some experience right. first. So, with that being said, now, mature obviously maturity level that would be a play a big role in becoming president. Um, you almost cannot. You almost can argue that as you get older, say in your eighties, your late eighties, okay, you start diminishing your mind starts to diminish right and they say actually that you know you start off as a toddler obviously right with that mindset when you're young you're a toddler you start off you know your, your brain's developing and everything else uh they say that when you get older it's like it's like that again you know what i mean you start to lose 
I guess I, I don't know. You but know, you're, you're, you're talking. You're talking in broad strokes that that doesn't apply to everybody. Well, I'm trying so, not to be. I'm trying not to get painted as a as like you you painted me before as a, as an ageist or whatever the heck you said to me. You know what I mean? Or uh, well, I said you know, that would be ageism. Ageism. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago. <laughs> you know what I? But it's like. So so okay, let, so let's let's just say let's just let's just throw this out yeah, there. Yeah, let's yeah, just say yeah, that they yeah. made a, a, a rule that said you can't be president after you turn eighty years old. So that would mean that Donald Trump would be ineligible to run this time around That's because he would fine. turn 80. But do you see, but you, as someone who has talked about this in the past, I'll ask you, don't you see a big yeah. difference between, you know, the Joe Biden of 80 and the Donald Trump, presumably of 80, when, and when he turns that age in three years? They're, they're, not, they're not apples to apples. They're not the same. Now, you're, you're comparing the cognitivity level of, Donald Trump versus well, Biden, I'm, is that what you just I'm, said? I'm comparing it the way that you would. You, you would you, wouldn't you say that you feel like Donald Trump has more mental acuity than Joe Biden? Uh, oh, absolutely. So then it wouldn't be fair to, to compare the two of them to say that this 80-year-old can do the job and this 80-year-old can't do the job. Um, I think that, well, that, that, that goes kind of like hand-in-hand hand what I just said about, you know, uh, it being an age thing getting uh, elected into office as president. You know what I mean? They, they obviously want to make sure you're mature enough to take on the roles as president. But then at the, at the same time, it's like, okay, he's, he's clearly, you know, has showing signs of dementia or, or some sort of, you know, mental illness, not mental illness, but some sort of uh, aged, you know, illness that you, you, that you acquire when you, you get that certain age. It's like, I don't know, man. It's 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 a fine line you got to tread, I guess. I mean, someday somebody's going to look at you and say, "Man, John's too old to be doing this job anymore." Yeah, of course. And actually, I just had I, hey hey, not for nothing, Tim. Okay, I got a neighbor. Okay, real fast, I'll tell you this story real quick. I got a neighbor, okay, who works on boats. He's been working for this guy now for over twenty years. Started when he was about fifty years old. Okay, now he's about seventy, actually a little a little over twenty years. About 75 years old, 76 years old, okay? Turned around to him last week and told him, hey, you know, so-and-so. I'm not going to name his name, but, hey, you know, so-and-so. Uh, you weren't, you're not really being as productive as you were 20 years ago when I hired you, so I'm going to have to pretty much force you to retire, right? What's the difference in that versus what the heck's going on with Biden, you know? I don't even know why the Democrats are letting him run again for president. The people in America are going to vote him out based on what they've saw in the last four years. We'll Just see. Like I mean, the, the, the polls Just right like now Donald have it pretty Trump. close. The the people of America spoke. They they were afraid. They were uh, they were uh, not afraid, but they were they were sick of the mean tweets. They were sick of him speaking his mind. They were sick of low gas prices and low. Uh, you know, grocery uh, items and prices, and but you know, by, they was all sick. Of, they were just sick of that, so they decided to vote him out. By the same token, then, if you think that the Democrats should have run somebody else because people are sick of Joe Biden, then maybe, maybe they should have run somebody else. They should pick somebody else on the Republican side because people are look sick at, of Donald Trump. Look at Kennedy. Kennedy was forced to have to run independent because they weren't going to let him run as a as a Democrat. Was, nobody was not going to let him run. He didn't have a chance of of beating Joe Biden. He didn't have Biden. a choice. He didn't even have a cho Oh my god, really? What what what, how, how, what conspiracy theory are you pushing now? <laughs> Why do you All right, we're done.
I got other calls. I gave you enough time. Now you're going to start pushing the whole, whoa, Joe Kennedy could have been president if not for Joe Biden. Well, sorry that there's somebody that's more popular than a guy who's on the fringe of his own party. A guy that Democrats don't even want to see become the president because he doesn't agree with their platform. They'd rather deal with Joe Biden than Joe Kennedy. But I know, I know every conservative is going to jump on him because you like him. The guy won't ever be president. No shot. I don't need a conspiracy theorist in the White House. 508-996-0500. I got to take a break. Callers, hang on. We'll be right back. All right, let's try and take as many of these calls as we can. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. How you doing? Hi. It's called what he's talking about, cognitive decline. What he was trying to spit out, cognitive decline. Right, but that's his diagnosis. I know. Another thing is... um. You know what, um, really, it, you know, you don't get Alzheimer's overnight. And, you know, Reagan had it, and he used to have that silly grin on his face all the time. But nobody ever says anything about him, right? Well, I think he, he kind of had that look his whole life, you know. Yeah, but you don't get Alzheimer's overnight. You, it takes it takes time. Because my mother had it, and she started with it, I would say, in her 70s. Okay, and she died at 88. And I know the whole real realm of it. Okay, I lived with it. And the thing is, you just don't get it in the snap of your fingers. So, you know, they don't talk about Reagan, do they? Because he was Republican. But they certainly do talk about Biden. Well, there were certainly, so, there, were, there were people who were concerned even at the time of his second term that he was, he was not all there. Well, uh, the guy was trying to say cognitive decline. So, and anybody can get it, by the way. So, I have it every day, unfortunately. I'm, I'm, well, I mean, I'm, I realize, like, I'm just not retaining information the way that I used to. Okay, so another thing I wanted to ask you, Kim, is um, two things. One is on the, um, on the, um, the, the get together. You said is the twenty first, but I, I still, need to know where it is. I still haven't confirmed. They, the, I've left voicemails and phone calls and text messages and emails, and I haven't heard back. Yeah, well, I need to know ahead of time. I just can't. That's another thing. I can't just snap up and go. I have to. It up. All right. Well, I'll make sure that we get it as soon as we can, so that you can you can know, Shawnee. Another thing, I gotta ask you before you hang up because I I slept a little late. Now on the I did vote and I was the hundredth one, which is terrible, really. Um, no one was in there. Um, I can see why people are getting disgusted. They don't want to be bothered because, like, Catherine tried to do something which was good, I think, and it didn't work. Um, the same people keep getting voted in, which is wrong, I think. I mean, they've been there long enough. It's time to clear, clean house and start fresh because it gets like a click and it's no good. Well, you're going to need more than 16% to 13% to come out and vote to, to make that kind of change happen, I think. Yeah, but what about who came in because I voted for Burns. Did he get any any votes? He did. He um, He came in seventh. So he got 2,651. He got 8.4% of the vote. Who came in sixth? Uh, Scott Lima. He had 10%. And then uh, Linda Morad and Naomi Carney tied with 11% each. So, I mean, they there's not that big of a difference between them and, and Scott Lima. And, and Devin Burns wasn't that far behind either. So, I mean, I think if he decides to, to make another run for it, he'll he'll finish even better. Yeah, I hope they try. they stick in there because... This is getting sickening. I don't even know why I went, why I went and voted. Well, because it's your, okay. your civic duty. That's why. You you fulfill your civic duty, Shane. I don't want none of these people that are in anymore. 
Well, unfortunately, there's no refunds on your vote. I'm sorry. <laughs> have a good day I gotta take a final break here uh, we'll get into some calls if we have some time when we come back All right, we are out of time but stay tuned Chris will have you with South Coast Now he'll take more of your election reaction and if you are looking to get yourself a good holiday meal know that the butcher shop is back open they're back open from their little break that they had for the past week or so and they are taking your holiday orders so if you want to order your turkey, your lamb, ham, anything else that you want to have on your holiday dinner plate, reach out now to Eric over at the... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.